At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Bo Nickel is probably the hottest prospect that's about to hit the UFC. He's got his UFC debut in March. He's had three pro MMA fights, and he's a hunter. And he posts about him being a hunter. And that's exactly why I wanted to have him on. This guy is about to blow up on the stage if he hasn't blown up already. He's got a massive Instagram following. And I wanted to talk to him about, one, why he hunts. Has he had any pressure from people to say, hey, you might want to calm that down now that you're becoming more in the public eye? Just have just a quick, hard-hitting conversation with the guy. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. And uh, good luck, Bo. We'll be rooting for you in your UFC debut in Vegas in March, my friend. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's my name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. You just, you just finished training? You got a fight coming? You got a fight scheduled yet? Yeah, yeah. So I'm scheduled for March 4th. Um... UFC 285 in Vegas, so I'm super hyped about that. I'm about 12 weeks out, so just prepping for that. 12 weeks? Shit, hey? March is 12 weeks away. That's crazy to even think about it like that, right? That It seems like three months. Ah, oh, three months. It's actually 12 weeks. Shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's always ways to look at it. And then for me, I'm thinking like, okay, I get about, you know, what, like six, seven workouts a, 
week. So I got like 70, 80 workouts and uh, then I'm, then it's showtime. And who are we going up against? And I apologize. I don't know who you're going up against. Very good. No worries. This guy named Jamie Pickett. So he's uh, had six fights in the UFC. Um, but yeah, be my UFC debut. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. Definitely guy has a lot more experience than me, but uh, I'm ready to roll. So. Well, um, my friend Bo Nickel, I can't believe you are on the Blood Origins podcast. It's um, before you introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are. I, I am blown away because I don't know which one you responded to, whether it was me me saying something on your post or me posting about Casey Grimes or me posting about like I'm sick and tired of us not having influences in our corner. But you responded. It doesn't matter which one you, you know. And you're like, we're here. And I was like, fuck yeah, we're here. And uh, man, I'm just so grateful for you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm grateful to uh, that you wanted to have me on. You know, it's pretty, pretty cool. You know, definitely feel honored to, uh, to be on here. And yeah, I'm excited to chat. So introduce yourself, Bo Nickel, for those may, that may not know you. Yeah, well, yeah, name's Bo Nickel. Uh, currently, um, fight in the UFC. So I just signed with the UFC. Um, before that, I wrestled for a long time. I wrestled for, you know, 20 plus years. And uh, I was a couple time national champion at Penn State. And now um, just living in State College, Pennsylvania, uh, pursuing my dreams and goals of being UFC champ, number one pound for pound fighter in the world. And uh, like I said earlier, I'll start off uh, March 4th um, in my UFC debut. I've had I've had uh, three professional MMA fights so far. I'm three and zero, and uh, yeah, you know, I just pretty much every day for me is training. Super, super committed to uh, my goals right now. And when I can, when I have some downtime, I like to get out and hunt. You know, so uh, yeah, just excited to excited to be here again. Are you incorporating like venison? Do you eat a lot of venison in your training camps? Is that something you do? Yeah, definitely. You know, when, as much as I can. Um, so. Pretty much for me, I'm I'm lucky because I have a lot of friends that are hunters and stuff. So I have people mm. that are you know, stuff. But uh, I I actually started hunting not that long ago. Um, probably well, I guess last year was my first year getting out. Um, but I grew up around hunting. Uh, my grandpa hunted, my dad hunted, and that was like a, I I lived in Wyoming uh, for most of my childhood, and so that was a very normal thing for me. Um, eating venison, eating elk, eating you know, duck, pheasant, stuff like that all the time. So I kind of grew up on that. And uh, yeah. But why do you I'm, say you didn't, you, you didn't get into hunting until later? Like that doesn't make any sense then. Yeah. So, you know, um, when I remember when I was probably like six, seven, every morning, my dad would go out and hunt pretty much throughout the fall when we lived in Wyoming. And he would bring me along once in a while, but then at a very young age, probably like right around then, you know, six, seven, eight years old, I decided that I was super passionate about wrestling and really oh, okay. Okay. pursue my goals there. So wrestling season and hunting season kind of, you know, coincide. And I was just every weekend grinding, getting wrestling matches. Uh, I mean, as a kid, I was probably wrestling close to 200 matches a year and, you know, practicing, training every day. And I did other sports too. I played football, played baseball. So my childhood was really filled with sports and it wasn't until last year, I don't know, a couple or after I graduated college in 2019. And, you know, last year I decided, you know what, like I need to, I was initially interested for the 
diet and nutritional aspect of it, of, you know, eating wild game and stuff. And then, uh, just as I researched more and more about hunting and the culture and that lifestyle, it just really spoke to me. And so I've been all in since then and just, you know, getting out as much as I can. Luckily, Pennsylvania, where I'm in a pretty good place. I'm in the center of the state. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of state land and I have a few friends with some, some land that I can hunt on. And then I'm traveling a lot hunting too, as much as I can. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. A little side note. I, uh, I've got two little savages, nine and 11. And unfortunately, neither of them have very many athletic bones in their bodies. So it's almost like this, like my heart breaks and um, we just moved to Tennessee and the local city has a really good wrestling program. So I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to get the littlest one in there. He's just this like, tiny package of dynamite. He's going to love it. We go in there. Looks like he loves it. And we come back out and I said, okay, we're going to sign up. And he's like, nah, I don't think it's for me. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, man. This is like the thing. Oh, It's all good, though. At least he tried it. I think that's an important thing is just so you know. Everybody should at least try it out and feel it and see if they like it. So not everybody's got to stick with it, but, you know, it's a great sport. You should just feel that at least once. Bo, let me ask this question because this is the sort of the, the, the crux of the question here, right? Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You're now, you're in the spotlight, right? You're gaining more and more every day. You're going to be more and more in the spotlight. Have you had anybody tell you? Hey, or maybe have you thought, hey, maybe you shouldn't be posting that hunting stuff. You know, um, nobody, I don't really pay attention to a lot of stuff that people say that aren't close to me. Everybody that's been close to me has been super supportive of it. Just because, you know, kind of like I said, it, uh, it was a family thing. Like that was very normal for me. Like my dad, my grandpa, um, a lot of, you know, their close friends and a lot of my close friends are just kind of that it's a normal thing for them. It's not something that's weird. Um, and so I think another thing is that like in the MMA community and in the wrestling community, a lot, there's a lot of hunters and there's a lot of people that enjoy that. And so I have had like a little bit of, you know, backlash, I guess, as far as like people that don't understand hunting who are fans of me who are like, Oh, why would you do that? This and that. But I don't really care. You know, I think that I know why I do it. I understand what hunting means to me and what it means to a lot of people. And that is a strong enough um, factor that all the people that are going to kind of have negative thoughts and feelings towards that, it doesn't really, it doesn't even seem relevant to me. I, I would obviously like to be a, a positive force in changing people's minds about hunting and making sure that people really understand why I'm doing it and why a lot of people do it and all of the good that um, comes from it. And so for me now it's as a hunter and also having a big platform and, you know, the spotlight on me, it's really about spreading that positive message and right. the negativity. I really don't worry so much about. 
Well, here's what I would challenge you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read actually some of your responses here, because the way that you talk is exactly the way that you should be acting as a hunter. Like our perspective, from a Blood Origins perspective, you haven't been following us for very long, but we, we've been called gentlemanly in our interaction with people. When an anti-hunter comes on, or someone who doesn't understand hunting, who just thinks you're murdering animals, right? It's so easy for the hunting fraternity to be just like, ah, oh, you're just a snowflake, ah, oh, you're just whatever you are, right? Versus... Yeah taking the time to be respectful in your response and say, I get it. I understand why you have this perception around who we are, but let me explain uh, why we do what we do. And, and here's a, a, it's, I think this is on your first post that you posted. Um, there was a guy that said, I respectfully ask you, why do you kill these beautiful animals? I just want an honest answer. And your response was, thanks for asking and being respectful which number one is like the whole thing about social media respect has gone out the window right immediately. So if you like broach it, like purposely saying, let's be respectful. I think people appreciate that and they respect that even more. I hunt, this is you. I hunt mainly to provide meat for me and my family and friends. The difficulty of pursuing an animal and being successful is something that really speaks to me. I think it's healthy to have a connection with nature rather than just getting meat wrapped up in the store and not understanding the process of how it got there. Uh, and then he responded saying, I thank you for the answer. I understand. Seems like a good argument. Um, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, there's another guy further down in this post that didn't understand why you killed the animal. And then someone says, well, do you just eat meat from the store? And he said, yes, I still don't understand why you kill animals. And it's almost like, well, can't really argue <laughs> about that. Yeah, not much to say there. Yeah, I mean, that that's for sure my, my perspective on it is I would love to, you know, most of these, most of the people, on, social media is hard because you don't have like a format where you can have a conversation with somebody about it. It's, oh, you're a murderer. Mm. Okay, well, not really. There's, there's a whole story that goes into this and there's, there's so much more than just, you know, one picture or one comment or whatever it is. And when the first guy, you know, kind of came in and, he had a genuine question. I could tell he was curious and he was trying to be respectful. So, you know, I felt like there's that foundation of understanding where we're, he's trying to understand where I'm coming from. I want him to understand where I'm coming from. And, um, it's a, it's definitely a, a touchy subject and a topic that a lot of people, I think they miss out on the opportunity to have like, you know, a genuine positive conversation that is, building each other up and helping each other understand things better versus just like coming at each other and being rude and trying to tear each other down. So, you know, for me, like I just, I try to definitely focus on the positive conversations of where there is opportunity to kind of give people insight into hunting and what it means to me. No, dude, it's, it's certainly, and now that you follow us and, you know, you you don't know this yet, but now you're a part of this family, um, that, you know, we have all the resources in the world. And next time you're like, geez, I'm in a bind. I don't know what to say. Just say, hey, go check out Blood Origins. They'll give you every piece of information that you need about it. Or if you ever get into a position where you're like, oh, somebody asked me about this. How would you respond? Just shoot us a text, you know, shoot us a DM and say, hey, what do you think about this? Because we've probably been there, done that, answered it hundreds of thousands of times already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's a, it's definitely a conversation that I want to be actively involved in, you know, as much as I can. Um, 
I feel very, there's, there's such a, there's such a, I, I think a lot of things wrong in, you know, the industry of, in, in the food industry in general, and uh, especially, you know, in the way that people perceive hunting. And, you know, I think hunters, I'm not like, I haven't been in this community my, my entire life, but the small time that I've been, you know, part of this community, there's definitely people that I meet that don't give a good example. Yeah. And so I think it's just, in, I, I, for me, it's very important to like, be conscious of that and understanding like the effect that I can have on people in regards to hunting and how they perceive it. Like I would never, I want, I want that to continue to grow and build. And I, I appreciate you saying that I'm part of this family now because I, I genuinely feel like that's kind of how the hunting community should treat each other and, and treat people that are interested in it. And it should be something that's very positive, very uplifting and very informational and motivational. Well, you know, unfortunately the, the, you've probably experienced a little bit of it already. Uh, I noticed on your first post, you know, especially like, you know, we're, it's a doggy dog world, unfortunately, in the hunting community and people just, uh, you know, I think it's tied to a number of things. I think it's tied to jealousy. I think it's tied to the competitive nature of just hunting. You know, there's just this inherent, almost like neolithical like thing that is buried in our blood from our ancestors of dragging the animal back to the fire and getting the accolades of all the women and getting the choice of the meat, you know, and guy next door is like, man, I didn't bring anything back. I'm not being seen at all. Yeah. So I think there's a whole suite of it that people just feel. And then social media, again, you lump that on top of it. They just feel like they need to say things and they need to say things that are, you know, shoot holes in the boat that is a very small boat to start with in terms of the hunting community and, and where we're trying to go. So, you know, what you, you just need to be able to, to your point, yes, there are bad examples out there and the bad examples give us a bad rap. And they give us a bad name. And so that's why it's even more important for what we do. And for people like you to say, yes, I'm a hunter, number one. And then number two, I hate to say this, but you probably know it already. That the spotlight's even greater on you when you post something about it. And what you say and how you interact, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, it was kind of funny. Um, so I have, since transitioning over to MMA and, you know, gaining a lot of followers and signing with the UFC, all that, um, I have a, a manager for my social media. He basically plans out all my posts. He, you know, does all my content, videography, photography, all of that. And uh, generally, I'll write the captions or, uh, you know, he'll make sure everything's good with me and stuff. So it's still my voice and whatnot. But uh, we're really tracking it more so like, a business and it's more of, and, and that's kind of always been my mindset towards social media is, you know, this is an opportunity for me to like, yeah, of course. figure and out your career because it's, you're going to have to have something beyond UFC. Right. So now exactly. you're building your business, your business, right? Exactly. And so, um, when I noticed when I, uh, I want, I was curious just to see how this would go. So my last one, of my uh, last posts that I uh, posted with an animal, um, I, I had a ton of likes. It had like, dude, you your know, engagement is almost triple when you yeah. post hunting stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. People are very supportive of it, like uh, as far as the likes go. But then I noticed I lost like three or four hundred followers like right away because I, I was just like, I think this might happen. So let's see. I lost like three or four hundred right away, and I was like, okay, so there's a certain amount of people that were like, no more, like I'm done with this dude. But then after that, it bounced back and it went up like another thousand. So it's like it's super interesting to kind of see how that affects people and how. Um, it's a very like uh, strong, almost like a strong position to take right away. And I don't mind it at all because I feel strongly about it um, on the positive side. And I feel like that's me and that's something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I'm not going to, you know, change part of myself or try to portray something that I'm not on social media just because of whatever reason. I'm just going to keep being myself. And I, if people like it, great. If they don't, great. No worries. Have you found are there guys in the MMA community that you've met that are big hunters or they're or, or they're maybe a better question are there closet hunters in the MMA community that you've met that are like yeah I hunt but I'm I'm just not gonna say anything about it. Um, for most part, the guys that I've met in the MMA community have been fairly outspoken about it. You know, talking about it and stuff, and and uh, you know, I, I think that some people. I think that there's more of like a way that they go about posting and stuff and uh, like they want people, they want people to know, but they're more particular with like what they post. Like they'll post themselves like shooting a bow, but they won't post themselves like with the animal or like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like processing the animal or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and so part of that, I understand like, you know, you want to, you definitely don't want to like, uh, yeah, you don't scary. want to rub it in their face, and this, you know, that's what you know. Hunting inherently has killing involved in it. That's why there's a difference between hunting and hiking. Okay. Yeah. And so I get it too. Like, if you're a big name that has, you know, you're, you're the UFC champion, maybe, and you like to hunt, but posting a dead animal is not going to be the thing that you probably want to do. I'm completely cool with you posting about you practicing bow hunting and then a beautiful mm-hmm. steak on your plate, say two pictures. And this is where I got my meat, right? Mm-hmm. How good a job would have that been in terms of like, this is, this is, I'm a hunter, but there's really no imagery and you're not, somebody's going to hear me say this and they're going to go, Oh, Robbie, yeah. you're apologizing for being a hunter. No, I'm not. I'm compromising in a situation which is what the world is made of, is compromise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that it's just like, if this is the situation that we're given, why not pay attention to all the facts and come at it intelligently rather than just emotionally in a way that could negatively affect not only yourself, but the hunting community in general? It's like, you got you to gotta consider the real the reality that we live in. And, you know, for me, that's something that I now being even more in the spotlight that I'm always trying to be conscious of and considerate of. And, uh, because it, a lot of times it, uh, you're, you're playing a game almost. And there's certain things that I'll never sacrifice on and that I just, you know, that I values that I have that are uncompromisable. But then there's other things where like, I see, like, I see like a guy like Joe Rogan who has, you know, probably the biggest reach of anyone in the world and you know more people listening 
anyone in the world. He's posting himself um, practicing archery, and then he posts steaks all the time. And, and everybody knows it's elk. Everybody knows that he hunted that animal. And, but it, the way he does it is very classy, I think, and very uh, – it's not so – it's not going to cause this, like, polarization of, like, pick a side. It's more so, like uh, – creating i think opportunities for people who are maybe have a negative view of hunting to do more research and understand what's going on versus just like react emotionally to that and and negatively you know if somebody sees a steak and sees this as elk maybe they'll be like oh, okay like let me look up like and try to find some information on hunting rather than just being like oh you're a murderer so i think there are you know definitely intelligent ways to go about it without a doubt oh yeah and we have to right as hunters we have to be I think the day and age of I don't care what you think this is a free and these are just phrases I don't care what you think this is a free country I can do what I want that doesn't work in the social media world where all we're trying to do is again we know that hunting has killing in it it's the, it's part of the game so how do we how can we change perceptions of who you are, Bo, as a hunter, or what hunting is doing for you, for your family, for wildlife, for conservation, for people? Mm -hmm. We do it intelligently. We have to do it intelligently. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, that, that reminds me of a story. So one of my good friends, um, he's a, a local guy here in Pennsylvania with me lifelong hunter his name's uh von holderman he's got a great youtube channel of uh just wildlife and he loves hunting and fishing and all that and he's like uh just he lives it but um he uh was a he went to school at penn state and he had an english class and basically the premise of one of their projects was that you had to come up with an argument or something and basically like present it to the class and uh try to like explain your side of it and so obviously him being a lifelong hunter he was like this is a great opportunity i'm going to talk about about hunting and conservation and uh every single person in the class was like just non-hunters people that didn't understand hunting knew nothing about it and um to to keep the long story short basically i think he had around 20 people in the class and from the start of the argument he basically had 19 people against him and by the end of the argument every single person in the class was either pro hunting had completely changed their view 180 degrees or was at least neutral in that they were like i'm okay if you do it i'm not going to partake but just that intelligent conversation that he was able to have with these people who had never hunted who had no experience who were you know in an environment like a big school like penn state that you're going to just get a lot of anti-hunters there um just with the, the culture in general and so being able to have an intelligent conversation completely changed all these people's views on hunting. And I just think we need more of that. You know, social media isn't necessarily the best um, platform to do that on, but there are intelligent ways to do that where you can help just, you're not going to maybe change somebody 180 degrees, but at least push them in the right direction or provide them resources to find good information. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what blood origins provides. That's, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what we were built for is, Here's resources, here's information. Come find it. We've got, you know, 
essentially what we started with is like telling the heart of hunters really why someone hunts and we've done 71 of them right now and really all it does is in those 71 stories you're not going to hear anyone say i hunt because i like to kill things right yeah you know it's kind of interesting for me that was never really a big like interest of mine um and so last year was my first kind of yeah so why did you start like why did you decide so at first off it just it started with nutrition i'm like you know what like I need to, like, I, I want to be a high-level athlete. I want to perform to the absolute best of my capabilities. Nutrition is a huge part of that. The best thing for me is going to be wild game. You know, I can obviously get grass-fed organic beef, and I only really eat grass-fed organic stuff. But um, I don't I, I don't really have, like, a, a good source out here. I'm getting most of my meat at grocery stores. And I was like, I want to be able to just completely provide for myself and my family exclusively off of hunting and you got kids yet Bo? i don't have any kids just my wife i just have a wife so i the, my goal is to get to the point where everything that we <laughs> you eat, said that like i've got enough problems with just a wife i don't need any kids no i'm joking <laughs> bo's wife if you're listening to this we're not we're not we're not serious oh man yeah i mean between my wife and i we, we eat a lot of a lot of meat for sure so um we're both, uh, you know, she was an athlete, I'm an athlete, so we got big appetites. But uh, yeah, my goal is eventually to have every single piece of meat that I consume be something that I hunted myself. Mm. Um, and so that was a big part of it. And then I actually, you know, just saw different people on social media that were into archery and kind of watched a lot of videos on Cameron Haynes and John Dudley and guys like that who were, um, I just saw like, how they went about it and i just admired that a lot and i was like i gotta get into bow hunting like this is like it just the challenge of it and uh the all the practice that it takes to be even sufficient to be able to like do what you need to do to accomplish your goal like that's like everything that i do now with fighting and everything that i have done with wrestling it just seemed like so aligned and uh so given those two things that was like I thought about it for a long time. It was probably like maybe like four or five months. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get a bow. And so I got a bow last summer and I just started practicing, practicing, practicing. And uh, I, I felt like, so last year I was like, I've been practicing probably like four months on my bow and I was like, I'm not ready. So hmm. I went out a few times archery hunting. I didn't take uh, shots, but I was uh, just like out there. And then um, my first experience with hunting where I was successful was last fall in Colorado, I was able to uh, get a bull elk and it was third season rifle and it was awesome. My uncle who lives out there, he, we have access to a bunch of land and uh, he's hunted his whole life, like 30 plus years there. And uh, we had like 10 days of like just hiking and glassing. Awesome. And, yeah. And it was, it was really cool because it, it would have been one thing to like, I didn't want a hunt where I like rolled up first day, saw mm -hmm. him, smoked him, we're done. Like mm -hmm. it was a, a real hunt. I did two days of just scouting before the season and then the season started and we were grinding, like putting in miles and miles and miles, being able to up at 6am, home at dark, like just Those grinding. mountains will tax you, but. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, we, we were like putting real work in, which was cool. And, uh, I was really glad that that was my first experience. And 
it was like the second to last day of the season. And I was like, man, I might go home empty handed. Like this is, this is like not, it's not a good feeling. I'm very uh, goal oriented. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I felt I left my wife in Pennsylvania. Like I've been out here. Like if I don't come back with something, like I'm a freaking loser, but fortunately I was able to, on the second to last day, we got a bull at like 225 yards and I made a perfect shot and put him down. Uh, he dropped like within 10 yards of where I hit him. And uh, the up to that point, like everything that went into that, it was so much and it was so emotional. And like back to the original point of this conversation, but like the execution of the shot, like doing that under pressure, that I, I like the feeling of like having to perform in a high pressure situation. Mm. And like, why was it high pressure? Well, all that because time, of, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. So the high pressure, you know, all that time that I put in to get in the right position, and you just have such a short amount of time to make your shot and. If you don't, you're going home empty-handed, and and or worst case scenario, you wound the animal and don't find him, which would be absolutely awful. So like, you just have to um, stay relaxed, and in that moment, like, it's it just happens so quickly. It's going to be here and gone, and so if you don't execute, like, all that work is almost for nothing, and uh, not for nothing because you you do get a lot of just being out there and whatnot. But but there is an inherent pressure. This is the thing yeah. about hunting, right? Like you said. You took a, a week away from your wife and your family and working out and yep. And your friends know you're there, right? And you're like, I'm going to bring elk meat home. I'm going to, you know, and it, exactly. it, it gets to that elevated point, yeah. And for me, like, I just expect to win. Like, I just expect to succeed in anything that I'm doing. And so, you know, in that moment, like, you know, especially like I'm not super experienced. I'm like more nervous, you know, because. Mm haven't never done it before and so I was really fortunate my uncle has so much experience and he really like walked me through it and I was able to uh put a perfect shot smoked him right in the vitals and made a quick clean kill but you know so I executed and I did everything I need to do but then it's like you have this moment of like just almost like sadness and emotion like right when I walked up to the animal just like seeing how beautiful of an animal it was and uh it's sad like there's no way to really get around that that something had to die and uh and you you admitting it is a big thing you know a lot of hunters you know will say that uh, a lot of hunters will have like oh you know this it's not emotional and whatnot but my grandfather said that if if every time you take the life of an animal there is some emotion, and you may not notice it. It may be a tenth of a second, maybe a hundredth of a second. For some of us, it's much, much longer, right? But you have, you've, 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 you've spanned the chasm between life and death. You have been the executor of that decision. Mm-hmm. And it's a serious decision. It's not something that you take for granted. And so, mm-hmm. you know, having sadness and having sort of melancholy around the, the event is perfectly normal. Yeah, yeah, and I think it just makes you more grateful in the end because there's an appreciation of, um, you know, my uncle always tells this story. It's not really a story, but just a kind of a way of thinking that he has of, you know, everyone is on their own path in life, and we're all, you know, have our ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and we get to that point, 
And for that animal, it's the same thing. That animal's dealing with, you know, surviving as, you know, a, a young elk to, you know, cold winters to mountain lions trying to eat it to, you know, other hunters. And everything that he's been through, you know, comes to that moment. And that and then this this is where you two are kind of crossed and intertwined. And to be able to I was grateful that I was able to kill him quickly and honorably a way where he didn't have to suffer. But there's also, there's just an inherent like sadness for that, for, for having to, to do that. But I think ultimately that turns into like a, a respect and a reverence for that animal, knowing like everything that he did to come into, to, to get to that point in his life, you know, same as us. And so you kind of just are um, almost like, you're, you're just intertwined like in that mm -hmm. way it's a very in my mind a very respectful thing considering the other alternatives like sickness disease eat, eaten by a cougar eaten alive eaten by a bear you know mm -hmm. cold like those type of things versus you know now i get to bring all this meat back to my family and friends and every single time i grill an elk steak i get to remember that tell the story and in that way we honor that animal Hundred percent, my man. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I'm glad you used the rifle because I was for a second was going to be like, man, I get that you're goal orientated, I get that you're driven, but if you're wanting to put meat in the freezer, bow hunting is not the typically the greatest way to do that. I found that out this year. So, um, I uh, I had trained, you know, an entire year, right? So I, I last year I didn't feel comfortable. This year I had trained you know, a whole year of arrows and arrows and arrows into targets and I felt ready to do it. And uh, so me and my, my buddy Vaughn, who I was telling you about earlier, we went down to West Virginia and did a public land uh, archery hunt. And it was like another level of difficult. You know, I, I feel really lucky because I get to go out of Colorado, hunt private land and uh, there's elk and deer and it's, it's amazing. I, I saw this year hunting 16 legal mule deer the first night that i was there oh man like, amazing they're all within like 100 yards and you know so i but i i went and i wanted to bow hunt with my buddy for whitetail and uh we went five days and i didn't see a single deer and uh this is actually crazy though so the end of it i feel very lucky is because we had it was we we're leaving at noon on friday or whatever it was i think it was 11 30 at friday and he was like all right i'm gonna go um to this other side of this mountain, you, you stay here and we'll just wait this last 30 minutes out and then we'll leave. Like, I literally hadn't had a shot, hadn't been close to anything. And so I'm sitting there and, and mind you, like up until this point, I had really never hunted like on my own. It had been with right. my uncle, Vaughn, always somebody right there with me. And he, so he left, he was like, all right, I'm going to go like a couple miles that way. And then I'll come rendezvous with you back um, when we're done. And so I uh, basically... He set me at this spot and I was like, oh, like, I think I need to be down the hill a little further. I don't really like the spot. And so I, I walked down and then I, I saw this perfect spot where there was like a big tree in front of me and one behind me. And then like some uh, brush to my left that I was kind of concealed in there. And I was like, okay, I think this is, this is where I want to be. And, you know, kind of had to make that decision on my own, which I'd never really had to do that before. But I was like, I think this is going to put me in a good place. So I sat there about 25 minutes go by and this, Whitetail buck, a small buck, walks by me at like eight yards through the buck through the brush. Wow! Ooh, like my heart and and 
it's eye level, right? Like everything, it's so much different when you're hunting out of a blind versus like hunting on the ground mm-hmm. from this deer eight yards away and he doesn't see me and uh, he's walking right in front of me and he's going to cross in front of uh, the big tree that's in front of me. And so when he crosses the tree, I draw back and uh, I'm waiting for him to come out. And it seems like it's like 10 minutes, but it was probably like 30 seconds. <laughs> and uh, he comes out at about, I had ranged a bunch of the trees prior and he came out at 32 yards, right about 32 yards. And uh, I let one go and everything happened so fast. Again, that moment, it's so high pressure. Like I'm just like focusing on, you know, putting the, putting my sights right where they need to be. And that's all I'm worried about. I'm like, just like put them where they need to be, let it go. That's it. And so I, boom, let it go. And I'm just like, what happened? Like that was so crazy. So I sat there for like, <laughs> probably a little longer, probably like five or 10 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see like where I shot him. And so I go see where I shot him. And I just see the tiniest speck of blood. And I'm like, Oh gosh, like what, what happened? Like, this is crazy. Like, uh, whatever. And so I just sat there for a little longer and, uh, then I'm like, all right, I'm going to see if I can find my arrow. So then I go and like maybe 10 yards behind where I shot him, my arrows in the ground and it's like covered in blood. And I'm like, let's go. And so and I'm like, all right, let's see if I can find a blood trail. So I kind of start walking, my arrow, start walking where uh, he went. And uh, then I'm seeing like a little more blood, a little more blood, then like a bunch of blood. And then like maybe 20 yards from where I uh, shot him, he was down. And I like almost cried. I was like so emotional just doing that. No cell service. So I just waited to my buddy. I just dragged the deer up a little ways back to where what I was. What was his response when he saw you with a, the deer at your feet? It was the best feeling. So the best feeling, like the best feeling was seeing the deer down because I was just like, I can't believe that I did that. Like that was so crazy. But the, the next best was when I was, I was actually dragging the deer up the hill a little ways because it was pretty steep to try to get it to a flat area. And he saw me and he was like, dude and i just turned he's like 30 yards away and we just start, he just starts jumping in the air and he just oh runs, my gosh running jumping hug each other he's like i can't believe it oh my gosh it's so crazy but it was just like one of the craziest things ever and uh i just really feel like it was it was like you know kind of like my uncle said you know our paths intertwined in that moment and it was just meant to be and it was like i was fully prepared to go home empty-handed there like fully mm. prepared all right like i'm starting to like uh you know explain it in my head like okay this well at least i got to spend all this time out in the woods and at least i got to do this and that but then it was like god just like looked out for me and brought me that opportunity and it was just like it was crazy but yeah 100 percent, my man listen here yeah you're talking like a seasoned hunter you're talking like a mature hunter in terms of what hunting means to you and uh, you know, all I can say is you're a superstar now. You're going to be a much bigger superstar here in freaking six months' time. Don't forget about the tribe that you are a part of, and keep keep being a part of us. You know, and and Blood Origins. I'm here to help. Like that's what we were built for. Okay. Any situation, any information, any like, how do I respond? That's what we were built for. Um. Yeah, man, I'm just grateful. As I started this conversation, I'll, I'll end it the same way. We are grateful for people like you being willing to say, hey, 
I hunt and I'm a hunter. Well, you know, I'm super proud of that. That's uh, something that, you know, I feel very, uh, I feel very grateful and very honored that you would have me on. And I'm grateful and honored that I get to do this and I'm able to spend time in nature and hunt. And uh, it's a big part of, you know, who I am as a person and it'll continue to be a big part of me moving forward. So thank you so much for uh, what y'all do. And I'll definitely be in touch. I'm sure uh, in the future with questions and different things. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on, but uh, this has been great. Well, go knock out your UFC debut in, in spectacular fashion, right? In 12 weeks. Will do, will do. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.